You're listening to Mission Control. G'day, people. Um, we're here with another episode of Mission Control. Daryl's here again. Hi. And we're here with Mr. Thomas Ford. Oh, that's me. Why, hello. <laughs> the man himself. Well, that, that's how. That's why I refer to myself in everyday conversation. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you uh, you've adopted that. <laughs> well, the man himself thinks. So. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to? Uh, well, we're just in the middle of Fringe World here in Perth. So um, I've been doing. I do it for, for people that are not familiar with the uh, the works of the man himself. Uh, <laughs> I, I do an electronic uh, cabaret show where I, I project video and change costumes and. Uh, croon over techno music and have a nervous breakdown for an hour um (laughs) uh, so i've been doing that and uh running and co-producing venues for fringe like independent venues during fringe world in midland and in the city and producing five shows and just generally uh having a nervous breakdown outside of my allotted one hour show period (laughs) so generally just having nervous breakdowns all the time (laughs) yeah that's pretty much how i've been rolling yeah so, who runs security up at the Midland? <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Straight into it. <laughs> Tough questions. Uh, for those that don't know the story, a, a friend of mine uh, had his car smashed and my bag stolen. But, you know, it it put a damper on the night, but we're not going to let that ruin <laughs> um, what Fringe is all about. It was actually a really good gig out in Midland. Well, yeah, it was really cool. But we actually had very little trouble out in Midland. Like, Midland's... One of the reasons that we were there is Midland's got, like, a weird reputation. Um, mm. And it's kind of, like, I don't know, like, like in a Midland, like, where, where our venue happened to be, is still quite a rough area. But, like, out, outside of that, like, the actual Midland area is kind of changing to this, you know, like lots of my mates live up there and that kind of thing now. Um, and we didn't really have as much, like, I expected to have a bit of trouble, to be honest. But, like, there was nothing except for, like, one car happened to get smashed. Um, and it happened to be um, the man who was sitting on my right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, my friend, uh, his name's Mike. I'm sure you know him. He was playing with, uh, with Simone and Girlfunkel, I mm. think, at the time. We only left the car for about 10 minutes, and that was enough time. I think they were... Smash and grab. Yeah, smash and grab. I think they were, I have a feeling they were watching me at the car, and they saw us carrying drum gear around. Yeah. Um, they didn't touch any of the music gear, though. They just took my bag, but... <laughs> Oh How well. weird. How weird. Um, but we did we did see cops like circling the premises during the day. Yeah. And then they kind of disappeared when all knocked the off work happened. at five o'clock. It's a mystery. So now what I was just asking you before, mm-hmm. um, Fringe is actually like a around the world type thing, isn't it? They have UK or something like that. There's mm. Edinburgh as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. all like uh, like they're all separate festivals basically, but like. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of what I do when I'm not here having nervous breakdowns. I tour around and um, and play at these festivals. So yeah, I go to Edinburgh. There's one. In, there's a big one in Brighton, which is like on the south coast of England. And um, uh, Adelaide has the second biggest one in the world, believe it or not. Wow. It's just that nobody knows about it. <laughs> uh, Adelaide, where's Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> and then like yeah, I don't know. Like it's just kind of it's becoming more and more. I don't know a model for things because I, I guess. It makes sense for people who like, like for, I don't know, for governments and for like venues and stuff who want to get arts going. It's like it's a really capitalist way of doing performance, like because basically you set up these kind of spaces, and you can kind of set them up. Like, I mean, I don't make a lot of money doing what I do, but like 
that our model's a bit different from most fringe venues. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, they're kind of set up so that you... These venues kind of profit and the festivals kind of profit. And then the, the artists have a chance to make a big profit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they become kind of, I guess, uh, arts arts entrepreneurs to use the, uh, <laughs> the funding parlance. Right. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of... Whereas, I guess, tr- traditionally, like, people have been booked into venues and stuff and like you know like when you organize a tour you do it separately kind of diy and you just kind of hook up a lot and line of tour like a line of dates or something mm-hmm. um yeah this just kind of gives that structure um and you lose a whole pile of money for years and years and years and then you slowly gain a following and you start to make money mm. <laughs> mm. got to put in the hard yards before it pays off yeah um so the fringe itself is kind of a just a concept that's just carried out throughout all the, all the countries, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's all based off, like, the big one is Edinburgh Fringe, and that's, um, that's in August every year, and that's, like, that's mega. That's ridiculous. That's just every building in, like, in, in Edinburgh covered in performance and all kinds of comedy and cabaret and craziness. But, and that's been going, yeah, for about 50 years, and it's kind of grown and grown and grown and grown. I think people see that and see that, it's made like see the money that it brings into Edinburgh and sees see like maybe that it's not as expensive as funding like you know something like an international arts festival or something where you need millions and millions of dollars like mm. you know you can put a fringe festival on with a marketing budget and some venues you know what I mean like, mm. yeah it's it's using the venues that are already set up and it's injecting this new life into it I guess yeah 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 so um how much of a hand did you have in uh, this one in Perth you, you did the Midland stuff? Yeah. And well, here I don't, I don't actually work for, or like for the festival. Mm-hmm. I work as a producer. So I produce, um, I produce like shows independently and stuff. But then I, um, I also like, I work with a company called Jump Climb that do a thing called the Beaufort Street Festival and a couple of other big festivals. And oh yeah. With I, Aaron and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rudder and Paul Fletcher and, and they're, uh, they're kind of posse, I guess they're, they've amassed a nice little staff that are fun to work with so mm-hmm. yeah we, we have a, a three-way partnership um where we, we've built this kind of like thing in the city at the piccadilly cinemas called noodle palace that's like that's a three room venue of death and then <laughs> and then i don't know we just got kind of asked if we wanted to do something this year out in midland and at first to be honest i was a little bit like no oh god no but then i went out and i saw the space and it was like it's be- a beautiful space and mm. like uh like the city council were like so keen for it that it just just made perfect sense and it ended up being amazing so mm. really glad so who came up with the idea for uh, noodle palace um is that more of a jump climb thing and then you kind of helped out or was it uh, your idea no it was kind of um it was it was kind of a mutual thing where like last year we were kind of uh, I, I I'd done like I'd started doing fringe festivals again after taking a long break, and um, I'd started thinking about wanting to experiment with with venue stuff. And Jump Climb were managing managing me at the time. Okay, um, and like uh, you know, if you if you're aware of my work, you're probably aware that uh, I'm not the kind of artist that like people like Jump Climb make a lot of money out of. Um, cause I'm a, I'm a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> the man himself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, we were, so, you know, I guess we kind of hatched this plan of like, you know, doing this, this venue last year, which was, we did Noodle Palace, but it was in 
Mount Lawley and in a much smaller building. Uh, and we had like, it was a house basically that we converted mm-hmm. into two theatres. And um, yeah, I don't know, we just, it, it was kind of just a mutual drunken hatching of insane plannery. Um, <laughs> just made sense. <laughs> yeah, okay. So is it? it's not going to be a permanent thing at Piccadilly, is it? It's uh, just for no. the, fri- the duration of the fringe? Or? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a temporary lease on it. So, I mean, like, it runs out, I think, the week after fringe finishes, which is a bit of a bummer. And I don't really know what's happening with the space after that. Mm. Um, I know the guy that ran it as a cinema is definitely not coming back. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um yeah, I probably can't talk. About so it it, it was <laughs> it was initially a, a cinema, obviously Piccadilly Arcade. Is is it the upstairs bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Piccadilly. Yeah, too. but now just, well, what's happening with it now? Other than Noodle Palace, just nothing. It's just sitting well, there. it had just been lying dormant. So yeah, I mean, like last year, I, I was seeing all these people kind of whinge and moan about it on on Facebook about how it had closed down. It closed down in November, and uh, initially I was like. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> and just like, I don't know, like... I mean, I used to go there and see cheap, shitty movies because, you know, that's what they showed, really bad movies. Mm. Um, and you'd go for five or ten bucks or something, and that was okay. I uh, saw some some really great ones. I saw The Mexican, and I saw... What else did I see? <laughs> saw The Butterfly Effect 2. Uh, <laughs> wow, these are terrible movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, bad, bad movies. And like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. After after posting about three or four comments, like my brain just went ding, ding, ding. No, wait, 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 wait. There's three theatres that are almost exactly the right size for what you're looking at. Um, what are you doing? So we we tracked down through the Heritage Council, the, the real estate agent, and um, well, I should say I, I kind of left that one to Aaron actually. So Aaron did the, the legwork of tracking that down, and um, yeah, and, we, and they, they were just really keen because like nothing was happening with it because mm. it's a hard space to work with, you know. Like it's like you have um, to fill it out to really do anything with it, right? Yeah. Kinda. I mean, it's just kind of, um, you know, you're dealing with an old building. So, like, it, I, I think there's there's a lot of kind of old buildings around Perth that, that people don't necessarily want to work too hard with, you know, because mm. there's, like, you know, working with heritage buildings is pretty challenging. So, I mean, for us, like, we're just putting temporary stuff in and it was super easy. So, mm. you know, it just gives their building a bit of profile or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, it's like... But it's, it's quite fun. Every time I go in there, I freak out with happiness because it's just like I never in a million years thought that we'd get a space like that. Like, <laughs> That's so I'm, I'm getting the vibe that you can't get noodles from this place. <laughs> Nothing to do with noodles? No, we, <laughs> get, we get regular inquiries. And we also like, like I mean, like I should just have flyers at the top of the staircase that just flyer like the old people that come wandering up. Like, a, mm. you know, all like any time I walk into the kind of general downstairs area there's always some like old person walking up the stairs like I'm here for the picture show what's on and um <laughs> yeah it's a bit weird I mean yeah and like a few kind of unsavory activities seem to have been conducted out of that building during its time as well and right um some of the characters from that world seem to show up on like a by daily basis but like with that, trench coats it's just a bit funny <laughs> and it's a bit, uh, aloe vera cream it's a bit odd that that is <laughs> that is a building that has some seriously strange stories to tell <laughs> i'm sure it has <laughs> um what was i gonna say yeah you get people calling in like do you guys deliver <laughs> <laughs> i would like the uh singaporean no. <laughs> so obviously you have to pay rent and stuff to actually use the, the space yeah, yeah 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 i mean like I mean, it's that's kind of the thing with us as a, as an independent venue. So we we um, 
we 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 put um rent down we we pay for all the tech we do all our marketing and stuff so it's it's quite an expensive risky exercise for for jump climb and i to, to go into but um but we need that though we need yeah, people taking risks it's kind yeah. of fun yeah. like you know and like last year we, we broke even and this year like we look like we're going to make a little profit which is nice you know that's, and, that's always good um I don't know, and it's just uh, the way we structure it with artists. Like we do it on a split, so there's no risk for them. Um, they end up paying a bit more if they have a really successful run, which they bitch and moan about. But they don't really bitch and moan about that when they're planning their season. But uh, yeah, yeah, like it's a uh, I don't know. It's kind of it all seems to kind of just sit together, so it, so it ticks along nicely. Mm. You know, what's the uh, capacity for it? Oh, it's like it's the, well. The thing about Piccadilly is that it's like it's ridiculously surplus to our requirements. So mm. like, uh, we had to actually like with all the rooms like find different ways of making them a bit smaller. Because like, mm. uh, it's two hundred seaters, and like I think the upstairs is like four hundred and fifty seats if we use wow. the whole space. But which I, you know, if I had known that like six months ago, I could have got like you know the Will Andersons of the world in. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. like, we only got the space in November, so I'd programmed uh, acts for about a hundred seater. So we had to like really sh- in smallify the room a little bit. To kind <laughs> of uh, smallify. We got things up like blocking off half the room, like so we only use the front half and like lanterns that kind of block off a little bit. And it's nice and cozy now, which is good. That's great. So it's still seating in there so yeah like all the cinema are. seats are still there which is handy that's right yeah. yeah and it's like one slightly less pain in the ass thing but uh yeah it, it's making up for all kinds of other pains in the ass that that building provides like not having a lift uh having lots of stairs having a weird bowl shape uh like you know like a cinema kind of curve thing at the front of the main cinema to deal with that's kind of fun uh, <laughs> i mean the theater i'm in for uh, for my show electric cabaret has a, has like a all the seats are on a, on a rake like an incline that's about 80 degrees if you can imagine that so like uh yeah i'm, I'm it's like i'm on a thigh master every night with all my audience work but uh, yeah but you know it's like it's a beautiful building to work in. Mm. I don't think I've actually been up there. I've I been should... there once years ago. Yeah. Years what movie ago. did you see? I don't know. I think we went with my auntie when yeah. I was young. Yeah, don't it's even... pretty old. It's been around for ages. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time, yeah. Mm. Um, so other than your show, what, uh, what else? Any highlights that are going to be at Noodle Palace? Or? Uh, well, we're... we're kind of a week and a half in now but uh chris turner opened last night i'm producing him and he's gone kind of like last minute nuts which is great uh like his ticket sales have gone really slowly and then like he's been doing spots and i don't know like people have been hearing about him and and it's just going nuts but he, he does this really like one-liner kind of comedy uh about like being like a white boy hip-hop dude and then raps at the end and his freestyle rap is amazing like he really? just he can rap about anything like absolutely anything he rapped about like the the gfc and um uh <laughs> like i can't remember what the, like it was but Issues. you know like he, he just asks for like words from the audience and he just makes an amazing mm. freestyle see that's a real freestyle right yeah yeah Cause, uh, apparently i read because i've been listening to a lot of hip-hop lately um apparently not all freestyles necessarily have to be on the spot yeah you can you kind can of... kind of pre-write stuff and structure it i think yeah, yeah. i guess they kind of string it like i know a lot of freestylers that kind of string bits together and mm. stuff like that they'll have like you know four really rad kind of rhymes and stuff and like I don't know. Impro's kind of like that. Like, all, all impro's kind of... Everyone's got their little bits that they like to mm. do. But, like, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. He's amazing. Uh, so I recommend going and seeing that. It's very funny, even if you don't like hip hop. Uh, the man himself recommends it. Yes. What else is happening? What else is happening? Um, oh, there's a show, a show on at the, this week called Neil Potenza. Uh, Doctor Neil Potenza's interactive Goat Hour, which is just like so fringe. Like it's just like this this insane clown, uh, adult clown who like you know just does a bizarre quiz that falls apart on itself and you know throws balls at the audience it's just crazy and um if you want to uh and there's another show in that room just after that called unsex me i mean i'm excited about all our shows because i haven't programmed anything shit which is really great um Mm. but uh there's a show after that called unsex me in that room that will scar you for life (laughs) any nudity yeah, uh, not nudity, but a, uh, a simulated sex act with a microphone and... Ah, oh, sounds good. Uh, yeah, just like, it's the weirdest drag Macbeth sex show that you'll see or fringe. Yeah. yeah where where do all these people category. come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they all come out of the woodwork once these fringe things come on. Yeah. You can never really see them. Well, outside of that I'm, I'm probably not looking hard enough though no nah, well I mean like that's the great thing about Fringe World for Perth though you know like all this stuff that never used to come here and like artists you know never in a million years be able to get to come here like um, they come because people people actually do go to stuff and it's actually a really good festival to tour to so mm. um, it's nice it's kind of made it so that uh, so Perth's a little bit on the map in terms of that kind of arts which makes my life doing weird shit a hell of a lot easier exactly yeah mm. Mm. but yeah I mean I, I go and I mean I, the, the Unsex Me show I saw in Adelaide and Neil I saw I just saw him in Adelaide as well and like mm. you know like I go to like while I'm while I'm touring I, I'm fairly unusual in that I, I go and see about like seven or eight shows a day um, just hammering them out trying to find cool stuff um, and then, yeah. and then I just you know it's a weird thing when you're offering people a fringe venue though because you're basically saying like hey like I want to offer you the opportunity to pay me rent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm going to do some crazy shit on set. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, it's not like I'm going around like, you know, saying, oh, I've got this budget that, you know, I can book you in for. It's like, you know, I'd really like you to come and play my venue. It's going to cost you though. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, luckily, you know, people are, people are generous slash dumb enough to do that. So that's good. Mm. <laughs> we could do a... Uh, Podcast variety hour live on stage that'd be hilarious. <laughs> you get really, really stoned, but I think that'd be illegal. Um, would you ever ride an elephant? Uh, well, I've been to uh, I've been to Thailand <laughs> okay. quite a lot, and um, I just I, I I avoid the whole elephant situation. If there was a if there was a circumstance mm-hmm. where uh, where I was able to ride an elephant with no ethical complications whatsoever, yeah, and like knowing that that elephant was not going to like be like. Beaten, beaten, and stabbed, and made to dress zapped. in its sister's clothes. You know, just generally <laughs> yeah. humiliated on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's the problem with those circus, circus elephants, right? They actually do get treated pretty, pretty yeah, poorly, it's pretty messy. Now, the reason I say that is <laughs> why, Johnny. <laughs> um, yeah, because we what, what day was it? We were at Fringe. We were at the Fringe. I think Friday. It was a Friday. I Friday think it was afternoon. a Friday. We were at the uh, Urban Orchard. Yeah, and I think you were you were doing a show that night around 9.30 yeah probably yeah, yeah. there was because it was like a that small little venue sitting on the side and it looked like a bit like a circus tent yeah and we, we just had this sort of vision in ourselves like oh, I think it was like $5 entry I was like oh who wants to pay $5 we're thinking well you probably walk inside of this small little small little venue 
and it opens up to like this massive big tent and there's big Thomas Ford circus. riding a circus riding an <laughs> elephant with a top hat and stuff. I think that's, that's wise I mean I, I don't know if I could work with animals because my impulses on stage often drive me to do unpredictable and uh, dangerous things dangerous things <laughs> and uh, I think I would feel bad if, uh, if an animal was involved in that I don't really mind when it's people but like um <laughs> <laughs> you write a person or writing right. people is absolutely fine. <laughs> well, you know, people people will, will get the fuck out of your way if they don't want something to happen. You yeah, know, like. true. That is true. <laughs> and you, you're you're big on your crowd interaction sort of thing. Do you have to like zone for that, or do you just clear your mind? Or uh, I don't know. Like I or is it like sort of an off the bat sort of? It's mostly off the bat, but like I mean, I have things that like with this show that I'm doing, like electric cabaret at the moment. There's like it's quite structured. Like there's a lot of there's things that I I need to do with the crowd at different points, and I'm I'm trying to you know achieve different effects um, on how the crowd perceive me, <laughs> and uh, and you know like like they're you know how grumpy they are, how patient they are with me. You know like. It really like the the story, the show doesn't really have a plot. It's more about like you know the audience is in in a kind of bullshit. So like uh, I'm I'm kind of messing around with that and trying to track that uh, for each audience member. And I can usually do that, but I don't know. Like I don't really have to think about it too much these days. Like I've been doing this for for about ten years, and um, I just find that if I do. Like that, that doing this kind of audience work just comes pretty naturally to me now, and I just like I, I'm, I just kind of have an impulse and inclination to to push certain kinds of buttons on people, <laughs> and know how far I can push people, and know when to stop and who to avoid, and all that kind of you know junk. So yeah, you, yeah, so, I, I bet you would develop some sort of a sixth sense just by looking at certain people, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you can like, kind of feel them out if they're going to be really defensive or if they're going to laugh. Or there's kind of a, like a, a like a like a midpoint. Like mm. there's like a there's the end. Like I had an audience last night. <laughs> we won't say what day it is that we're having this chat, but I had an audience <laughs> last night. <who> were <laughs> fucked, and um, that was still fun. Like I always have fun, but you know, sometimes you know, you just look at an audience. This happens to everybody. I'm not going to lie about it. Mm. You know, sometimes you just look at an audience. And you're just like, oh my god, I just why are you here? Just go, just go. <laughs> and I had this like little row of like like much older women because thing is like I was on rush ticks yesterday and when that happens I get all these kind of like randoms in who see the word cabaret um <laughs> and panic it's not really a cabaret show um so I had these like kind of like I don't know I guess they were like 50 year old Italian women kind of sitting like in a, in a row like with their arms folded just grumping at me with that kind of <laughs> facial expression that you know like I don't know not says, impressed yeah, yeah. yeah like I thought you were going to be a nice boy who was going to sing me some nice songs. <laughs> not this. I, a little, a little bit cheeky, I can take, but not this. And then, no, at, but so no. you've got that at one end, and at the other end, you've got like people. Um, well, I like I. There's a there is a part of the show where I need to use one person. I try not to single out individuals in my shows usually, but there is one part of the show where I do single out somebody and I play with them for a song. Um, but I had this really over-enthusiastic person who just wanted to make the moment all about her, even though it was all about her. But she didn't want to play within the parameters that I was trying to set up. So it was just like, you know, I have to get her to hold a microphone for me, basically. And she just kept moving it around and just like, it's just like, 
dude, this isn't going to work. Like, I can't, like, <laughs> I can't work like that. So, you know, like, you don't want them to be so enthusiastic that they're dickheads. And yeah. you don't want them to be so grumpy that they're, like, really hard to work with. So, you that, that little in-between your point. Mm. <laughs> I think I've... I've what, oh, I don't know if it was a bakery or something that I went to one of your shows. I, oh, it was a while ago. And it, it was, like, one of those moments where, like, you're at a comedy show and you don't want to get up and move in case you get singled out. And so, I think you were sort of walking around and sort of, like... Don't make any eye contact with this <laughs> <laughs> But it really, that really works. I mean, the thing is, like, if I... Because it, it was, that was the other thing about last night's crowd. They all came and sat in behind the fourth row, which, like, in this theatre is ridiculous, like, because it means that, like... Right. Because the, the, the seating rank is so steep. It means that, like, at my eye level, it's, like, it's empty seats. And I'm just like, oh, fuck you it's guys. The circle of, it's the seated <laughs> but, circle of death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like... Uh, I don't know, like, uh, if but if I see someone who's not engaging with me, it's like it's like it's like a little red flag that I can go <laughs> and fuck with them. You know what I mean? Like, whereas like if if someone's just watching, like, and they look like they're enjoying themselves, like I might go and do something with them. But like, often audience members are aware of like you know that especially in a pub, like they're aware of the little groups you know dim, dimly dimly aware of the little groups of people that aren't watching and that aren't involved and that kind of thing like you know you, people are very perceptive of that kind of stuff so if i go and mess around with an with a, with a group that I have been sitting at the bar talking to each other and like completely ignoring the show everyone already knows that you know like so yeah. it's like it adds to the joke because it's like you know it's it's like um surprise i'm fucking with you <laughs> So I don't know that like uh, surprise, bitch. Yeah, I don't know that, that that like avoiding eye contact with me is necessarily going to do anything except like um, make me come near you because I've got a radio mic. True, yeah, the I power. Just can. Yeah. 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 Have you have you ever like approached someone and they out crazy you? Oh yeah, but <laughs> like, like they try and one up you and, and go even further and and it can be really good, especially in a, like um it used to happen a lot. Like when I was playing in like punk rock situations, I guess I used to play in like places like the High Park Hotel and various scummy Eastern Coast kind of like the High Park was good, yeah. But like <laughs> in those situations, like you want your audience, like, like when those shows go really well, like the audience are just doing shit, and you're like, what, what is happening? Like it just the, 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 my, my transgressions kind of inspire everyone in the room to like go to some like fucked up crazy place. And it's happened quite a few times where you just kind of look around and you're just like, this is weird. I've kind of started to write and I didn't really mean to do that. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like with theatre shows, like it's people, people don't feel the license to react as much in theatre. So which is both a good and a bad thing. Like you kind of got, you've got a lot more control, I guess, and a lot more, you, you're, you're, you're presenting to people a lot more rather than it being something that people are like physically actively involved in yeah so it's it's more of a show show and i don't really get huge strange reactions in theaters in the same way but like i mean people get very aggressive with me sometimes and like um and that's fun Mm. um do you think the the whole seating thing is is the reason would you prefer like a a standing crowd to a seating crowd do you have a preference or i just think they're really different Mm. i got a review this year from the worst um that was like (laughs) Uh, I prefer his standing shows. And it's like, well, they're just really, really fucking different shows. Mm. Like, like, like if I'm in a pub, I'm trying to create a sense of anarchy, yeah, like a sense of anarchy in the room. And like, the show's not really about me. It's about 
audience members watching each other's reactions and things like that. Um, and that's, you know, that's a large part of, of what people in Perth like about my act. But it doesn't really work when I take it on tour, like, because uh, to have that work, like, it, it needs to have, like, a critical mass of people who are already aware of what I do and, like, mm. are already playing that game of, like, I know what this is, do you know? Mm. And whereas... In it, so if I'm on tour it, it, like the, 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 the theatre shows work a lot better because like it becomes more about I'm in a theatre watching a crazy guy and I'm not really sure what's happening or why it's happening and you know like it, there's like a and the, the character has more scope to kind of like have that nervous breakdown <laughs> and um, I guess like the, the worry the kind of like that game becomes more of a game that you play with yourself of like um well, to quote an audience member who left last night, who said to the bar staff, I really like the show, but I'm worried about his mental health. <laughs> and, um, like, you know, and so it becomes a game of, like, you know, like, it, 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 is this for real? Do you know what I mean? Like, is I'll this... have what he's having. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's much more, like, it takes a lot more effort from me. But, but I can, I can, it's more, it's more... I don't know, it's more craftsman-like. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm, I'm doing more. I have to sculpt the experience more for people. Whereas, like, in a pub, like, I can almost go in without a plan. I mean, I used to work without a set list and just play shit and have pretty much the same effect. It's just, like, you're just throwing crazy at people in that context. Mm. And that's okay. But, like, it's, it's not as interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, w- would you consi- consider yourself, like, a crazy person outside of the stage? No, like I'm, I'm very. You don't seem like it at all. You're I mean, so no. Apart from, apart from the shirt that looks a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much crazy outside of the stage as well. <laughs> but um, so I mean, it, it is cool though because um, I imagine it would be quite cathartic to just let loose on stage. I mean, it, it is a form of therapy almost. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's so, not really a character. Mm. It's just like it's kind of like I take off all the restrictions from myself. Mm. And um, yeah, let all the anxieties come through and all those kind of things. Yeah, so ironically, you know, even though we see a crazy person on stage, you're probably more in tune with your emotions than anyone else. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever, like, um, actually had aggression directed at you? Like, someone, like, just pushed you or yeah, yeah. Try I mean, like, I mean it used to happen like all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm like, sure you know, it would, um, especially to people. Probably, probably me one time. Yeah. <laughs> Glass of water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's just you know, like it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I I, I trained in theatre, and one of the things with with theatre is that I don't. Know, one of the things I learned is that everybody's entitled to their reaction, and uh, especially with my work, like it's not for everybody. And in a pub context, you're forcing it on people. You know, like mm. they're a lot of the time they've come out for a beer. And they are not particularly comfortable with their masculinity. And I'm not saying anything against, you know, people that may have pushed me or thrown a glass of water on me in the past. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like, uh, and, and the show is quite challenging for people. Like, uh, even, like, even without all the audience interactive stuff. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm doing something that's quite weird. I'm doing, like, I'm singing techno, singing cabaret over the top of techno, which, you know, most people are not going to put in their diary as, like, thing I've got to do this weekend. And then... I've got a character who's like a sexually ambiguous fucking psycho who runs around and freaks (laughs) people out. It's just like that is going to elicit a reaction and especially because I love putting it in contexts that just mess with people. But I mean like I've done things like like I've opened for 
Birds of Tokyo on, on this national tour a few years ago, and I got a lot of aggression from those crowds because they weren't. That's you know that's not what they were there for. They're not mm. um, that's a very specific crowd as well. <laughs> yeah, Birds yeah. of Tokyo fans. I got a little love from. <laughs> Where's those, your guitar? Well. <laughs> yeah, but it did work. Like it worked really well. I'm like they actually had Trial Kennedy on that tour as well, and that didn't work. So it was interesting. Like I, I was actually a more effective support for them. But like um, the. I don't know, people, you know, people punch me, people, like, you know, like, try and... Well, I had a guy on Rotten Est a couple of weeks ago who threw, like, a glass of water at me and I just kind of led him like a Pied Piper to the security guard and he got <laughs> kicked out of the venue. You know, like, it's just, like... It doesn't, like... And, and, you know, you get punched on stage and I'm not encouraging you to punch me on stage because I just, like, I hate it. But... Um, it's not a nice thing to be punched. Yeah, yeah, like, it's not... I don't want, I don't want to get punched in the head, but, like, I, when it's happened, like got a lot of adrenaline in your body like um it's a little bit like i don't give a shit and now you're kicked out of the venue mm. i'm sorry and i got a sexy wound that the bitches love <laughs> <laughs> you would be in like another headspace on stage like you probably just forget what you, you i find when i'm like going crazy on stage i just forget the whole gig mm. i don't even recall any fine like minute detail about the yeah. actual performance I do, I do remember making out with a girl for half a set at the Swan Basement years ago <laughs> she jumped up on stage and started sucking my face I'm like oh I'll go with it still yeah. managed to hit every riff ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, girls yeah I mean good shows I do forget and I'll come off stage and I'll, I'll, I won't be able to remember anything mm. and then I won't I'll, I'll, like about half an hour later I'll start chuckling to myself <laughs> <laughs> so like the the whole crowd Interaction? Did you when you your first show, your first ever show, was that kind of a plan to have that sort of a provocative impact, or or did you kind of slowly work your way up to that? Well, I don't know. Like, I think it kind of a little bit. It came from the songwriting that I was doing. Like, I used to be in a two-person band called Descent Here um, that nobody remembers or or really (laughs) saw. Um, But like that, uh, like in that band, it was kind of like I was. It was like a croonier version of what I do now with a guitarist friend of mine. And um, in that band, but like I was really interested in writing these kind of puerile lyrics. Like I was really like we were trying to. I guess go for that machine gun flashio kind of tears of me regurgitatory kind of thing mm. and so you know I was writing you know I had songs like one called old people like to fuck and you know that was generally indicative of the range of our material um, we had some ballads as well actually but uh, and then I guess when I went solo like, and you know I would do kind of ridiculous things doing that because I, I'd always liked those kind of front people um, you know who do just you know like Tex Perkins and like I don't know, every punk front man ever. Like, you know, like, people who would just do crazy shit. Mm. Um, and, I don't know, when I started doing solo stuff, like, it just it's just a natural evolution because I, 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 um, I was just playing by myself and I, I wasn't, at the time, very technically proficient. So it was, like, me and a backing track. So I had to do something. And Electro Clash was happening at the time, which was kind of, you know, just lo-fi electro with dudes running around freaking people out. And that was kind of like, that was like a kind of, kind of like a big birthday card with a permission slip in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, this is cool. This, is, this has context. <laughs> maybe, maybe it doesn't have context in Perth, but like somewhere <laughs> in the world, this has context. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of evolved from there. But it's funny, like doing, doing the kind of work that I did, like I, I know I come from theatre and I, know, I used to do physical comedy and stuff like that before I did music and I 
I just always thought and I was always kind of taught that like you know audiences really hate that kind of interaction but I think uh, they hate it if it happens and it makes them feel bad but if if you can and, and I think my show used to make people feel quite bad and that was kind of the idea it was supposed to be a terrifying experience that you you report mm. to your friends as something fucking fucked that happened on the weekend <laughs> but like um, it's evolved into something you know hopefully I think you know that if you, if you make that into a positive experience for people where they, they feel a sense of elation out of it mm. you know like I, I I think I, I very rarely find an audience member comes up to me these days and says, oh, I can't believe you picked on me. Or, you know, like I was horrified by what happened. You know, like mm. most of the time, everybody in the audience accepts that, you know, that's that's just kind of everybody's being picked on. And so it's okay. Mm. It's like I did a show last personal. year called yeah. like Naked Cabaret. <laughs> and nobody wants to sit in an audience being naked, but fucking everybody was. So it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I'm doing it again this year. It's like a... Full-on nudity. Yeah, yeah. We the, did it so the audience is naked, not you? Oh, everyone's naked. Everyone is Otherwise, naked. Otherwise, it's weird. There was one guy that came in and he had his clothes <laughs> on and we just kind of like pointed at him and booed until he took him off. But like it... um, <laughs> Yeah, like it's great because like... Uh, Are you crazy, man? Take uh, your clothes off. Come on. <laughs> but that, that, that... Yeah, we're doing that at, at Adelaide Fringe on, on the 9th of March if you're in town. Uh... <laughs> And yeah, like last year it was amazing because like you'd see like it was all like a, a bill of like really amazing acts from around the Fringe Festival, uh, like international comedians and, and physical performers and stuff. And you're seeing them do all this stuff naked, and it's just it's really interesting. <laughs> I you know my artist doing naked stuff is like I've never seen a Wang move like that, <laughs> and um. <laughs> I don't know. And then I got to crowd surf, a, crowd surf naked on a crowd full of naked people. That is, yeah, that's quite dangerous, <laughs> it isn't was it? was pretty dangerous. face full of Thomas Ford's cock. Well, there was no, <laughs> there was no crotch grabbing. It was very respectful. Really? I and there was, like, I've got to tell you, there was always crotch grabbing. Yeah. That's like, you know, my balls, like, are like you know, they've got, like, calluses on them. <laughs> <laughs> Well-worn balls. <laughs> Hang on, so so you you get to the venue and then you take your clothes off, or do you uh, take yeah. your clothes off at the car park and then stroll <laughs> no, no. stroll to the venue? <laughs> no, everyone everyone came inside, yeah. and then uh, like we were like, okay, and now it's time to get naked, okay. and everybody took their clothes off. I missed the memo a little bit. I got naked a little bit too early, uh, and then I then was kind of standing the- around the venue. I was a little <laughs> bit like, uh, guys, I thought we were doing this now. And then like, I was wearing quite an involved outfit because I have some quite involved outfits. And I was like, well, I don't really have time to put this back on in such a way that it's going to look good. So I'm just going to stand here kind of holding like a book over my, my <laughs> genitals like like I'm a 14-year-old experiencing his first erection at a bus station or something. <laughs> uh, just casually having lunch at McDonald's naked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it wasn't inside the venue, but like it was like I went to the bathroom and got, cha- you know, well, got changed, took off my clothes. Mm. I don't know why I went to the bathroom, but when I came out, no one else had done that. Uh, and that, that created a situation, but that was fine. Then I got to see everybody's bits and uh, we all felt fine. Security, there's just a naked a naked guy standing there with a book over his yep. crotch. Slightly over-enthusiastic naked guy in the area. That is amazing. I didn't think you would... Obviously, 18 plus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, we, that we, would be yeah, quite illegal. It was mostly nudists. And it's yeah. quite, you know, it's quite a challenge. I mean, my, my wife's coming with me to... Adelaide Fringe this year and I'm not 
completely sure that she's going to come with me for that for that one yeah <laughs> she might like, skip that one yeah even though it's amazing like it's takes a lot of trust of people around you to be able to like you know do that yeah, yeah. takes a lot of balls yeah. <laughs> takes a lot of sticky callousy balls yeah i mean I, my my from my perspective my genitals are pretty impressive and i just i, I found it you know as a showcase it was a good opportunity just I to have, get those out there yeah i've got a really good sixth sense with um people with big dicks and i think you have a big dick <laughs> just by looking at you i think it's you, you're quite well endowed it's not too bad not i don't get bad. many complaints but i have been married for 10 years <laughs> It's kind of biased. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll uh, take a quick break and we'll be back with the man himself. We can go compare. We can go compare in the toilets. I'll bring my tape measure. I'm already naked. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in a sec. You're listening to Mission Control. The sushi has arrived. Mm. I'll probably have the floor while you guys stuff your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. Ah, delicious. Um, um, you scored the cover of Express Magazine, was it a couple of weeks? Yeah, about three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Was it like the Rolling Stone moment sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sweet. Like, I don't know, it's just one of those things. I, I had no expectation of it happening. Especially, oh, so now you know what I sound like when I burp. <laughs> uh, but especially, uh, because last year I got the cover of Job Media for Fringe, and I thought this year, like... Uh, I was actually taking it a bit, little bit easier on, on those kind of media targets, to be honest. And um, then that just happened out of the blue uh, because of, like, basically because I've been involved so heavily in Midlandia um, and, and they were doing a lot of coverage on that. But, like, yeah, it was pretty great. Like, yeah. I was so excited. It's like kid in a candy store kind of stuff. Like, I just want to travel back in time and, like, see my 15-year-old self and go, look! You got on the cover of Express. <laughs> Hang uh, in there, bud. Yeah, Hang yeah. I would have been so impressed with myself. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it was good. nice. I got to do the the, the the cover shot with um like a like a really dear friend of mine who, who I've been working with doing photos for like oh like six or seven years now. Called Sean, Sean Ferrero. Mm. Yeah, Sean Ferrero. He's actually in my band. So. Ah, cool. <laughs> Sean Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He was he was talking about that. She was really stoked with that and going on about how there's like no editing for the photo like usually they crop the photos they edit stuff and literally that was just the photo yeah on the on the fly oh you totally nailed it i mean like that's a great thing about like having like the 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 relationship i've got with sean where like i basically anytime i need a shot we do it together and like we just know what we can achieve and we like talk about it and then we just do it and we Mm. we know what we can't do as well which is is great um so yeah i don't know like it was just really nice like we we got an enormous confetti like two confetti cannons so we had like two chances to get the shot right and the first shot i kind of got right and the second shot i looked like i was taking a shit (laughs) so so we used the the first shot yeah um but yeah but yeah i mean the shot's great it's got like all streamers and stuff like coming down and it's Mm. Yeah, I'm just really happy with it and Express kind of freaked out over it. So it was a good, good situation. <laughs> um, I remember another photo that Sean took. I think you're lying down on the floor and there's like blood coming out. Is yeah, that, yeah. That, he did that one as well. He's really good. Yeah, we did that in our, up my backyard with like little bits and pieces lying around. But yeah, we just, we just, that's the thing. Like you do photos with like a lot of photographers and you're just there doing a photo. But when I work with Sean, like we, we just play and play and play until we get something cool. Mm. we have the same idea of what's cool so yeah. that's good yeah oh that's great front cover of express that's <laughs> good 
Was there a write-up as well on, on your fringe stuff? Oh, there was. It was kind of funny, though, because it ended up being a... Like, I think they did a shorter interview because it was actually like like one of the shortest, you know, phone interviews I've ever done. It was like in and out, three questions kind of thing. Yeah. And then I think it was going to be a quarter and they ended up just doing it as a whole page. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they, they just filled out the rest of the space with another one of Sean's photos. And I was like, okay. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. That's good. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... We were saying before, well, I've stopped drinking now for quite a while. You have as well. Yeah, yeah, we stopped drinking apart from last night where I had three beers, but I didn't pay for a single one. Yeah. That's good right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I dropped like five kilos just from not drinking. <laughs> it's amazing how much like water weight you put on just from drinking beers. Yeah, totally. Hey? Like, yeah. Yeah, when, I, when I'm drinking, well, if I... If I have a lot of wine in my house, uh, which happens from time to time, because I, I, I like one of my favorite activities is to go and drink a whole pile of wine. Um, <laughs> activities, uh, hobbies. Well, yeah, because like you know, Western <laughs> Australia has like a lot of like wine regions, or mm. as I like to put it, places to drink wine for free. So um, <laughs> I tend to go around and drink like lots of wine, and um, mm. and then I buy it sometimes not often but sometimes and then like my house is full of wine and then you're like oh maybe i could just have some wine and the answer is yes actually it's not maybe it's definitely it's right there <laughs> and then you know you find yourself drinking and you're like oh dear i've had three weeks in a row where i've just been like you know drinking you know too much uh and now i am fat <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you stopped drinking beer was there any specific reason why beer or just i just, just the- i don't understand it like uh i can't drink beer like if i drink beer my my, my short-term memory instantly disappears and i don't know what if that's just some kind of like i don't know like what do you call it psychosomatic kind yeah. of thing or if it's like an actual thing where i just have like an allergic reaction to something in beer to the yeast like, or something yeah just blo- like literally blows my mind mm. and then um yeah like i can't and and i just I, it's like i'm like I, I had like half a beer the other night and i was like it was like i was paralytic drunk like ridiculous drunk so i don't know i don't know what it is um yeah and i i I mean the situation the other night was that i I had a small amount of beer because it was the only thing available and i had to sing and my throat was really dry and then uh i forgot where my car was for two hours and i was freaking out like completely freaking out amnesia or something yeah and the only reason that i found it was that like i found a parking ticket that i thought was somebody else's sitting on like like a a shelf or something it was so weird Hmm. but yeah maybe i'm just maybe i'm just old (laughs) am i dying (laughs) well i've definitely found that like i have two beers now and the next day i'm just i feel hungover even though i never got drunk I just get really tired. Yeah, but you're um, what 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 the um what the the regional Australians call piss fitness, is uh <laughs> your, your your piss fitness is is probably it's quite funny, uh yeah. quite low at this point. Quite and low, yeah. Yeah, but you know it's a thing. Like before I went to Edinburgh the first time, I had to get my whiskey pit, piss fitness up. Yeah. Um, because like you know whiskey used to knock me around, but you can't be that guy. No. <laughs> in Edinburgh. <laughs> Not like, in Edinburgh, no way. Yeah, I mean. They look at you funny if you put ice in your whiskey there. <laughs> it's so painful, though. Do, do you find uh, it painful just being out in public and not trying not to drink? Or? Yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah, I was at, at, at the amplifier yeah. and everyone was just around drinking hot and pints and stuff. And there was, there was actually this one guy at the bar and I swear that he wasn't there for the show and he's just yelling out stuff at the band like, take your shirt off. Yay, singer. I'm like, what the fuck? this guy's totally pissed out of his yeah, mind. Yeah. 
and I'm at the back just sober as anything and I just felt so awkward <laughs> just like people would like taking a beeline around me to avoid <laughs> me because I didn't have a beer yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's true it's like um seeing the behind the scenes mm, but I, I actually like it because I'm not pissing like a racehorse anymore yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. just makes me piss so so badly having a beer like one beer is two pisses, mm. so three beers is just all night sitting in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a fairly big drinker, but like, because I drink a lot of whiskey and a lot of wine, a lot of everything that's not beer. Um, but like, I do find, I don't know, like, I, I, I started going to gigs when I was like, you know, 13 and going to all ages shows for like, you know, five years, and that made it so that when I got to 18, I just didn't feel the need to go and get completely drunk to watch a band, and mm. um, yeah, so it is kind of like. I do find it kind of weird when you're at when you're at a, a pub or something and you're surrounded by drunken idiots. Unless like unless it's that kind of show. I mean like yeah. But for like you know like when you, when you're surrounded by drunken idiots watching like a, an indie band or something and you're just like well I don't know like if I was going to get drunk and like you know drunk enough to like punch walls or something then I probably wouldn't like want to be sitting watching Red Jezebel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd want to be in a metal show or something. Yeah, or yeah. A hardcore show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow, we've been around for ages, haven't we? <laughs> been around, yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, I, I know you were saying like you know you had that piss fitness issue, but maybe mm. maybe you're just dying. Maybe I'm <laughs> slowly dying. Um, well, aren't we all? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're listening to this right now, you are you are dying. I'm sorry. Slowly, it's happening. And I'm sorry if like if you're dying more than other people and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, thanks, Thomas. I really needed to hear that. <laughs> thanks but, for like, reminding me. It's okay. I'm dying too. <laughs> Everybody's dying. Unless, you, unless you're a Buddhist and no one really dies, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's so true. <laughs> Sorry, I felt like I had to fill the space. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're, very, we're very morbid. I, uh, date and dark and... A sick part of me likes reveling in awkwardness, so yep. I, I like just holding it and seeing what happens. Right, Let's talk. try it now. Oh, this is this is radio silence. <laughs> this is the kind of shit that gets people fired from the ABC. <laughs> in that awkward, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. Uh, so, uh, shows coming up. You're playing this week anytime. Yeah, so I'm playing for the next two weeks uh, at Fringe World Festival at nine o'clock each night. Mm-hmm. My show, Electric Cabaret, which I think is a smashing show, and probably the last time that I really do this kind of show in Perth. I think um, I've got a new show that I'll be doing um, in May, which is more narrative and a different character. Um, so kind of if you're into what I do then it's the last kind of chance I think for a while to see me do that um, and then I'm going and doing one of my crap music rave parties which uh, is like a party where I DJ requests from everybody but they have to be bad like if someone comes up and is like I get a lot of weird requests like uh, hey can you play some Jay-Z and I have to explain to people that no <laughs> that's like the, the song you're requesting from me is is bad, but it's not it's not universally recognised as bad. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it has so to be really, really bad. Want like some, some yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus, Aki Breaky Heart. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. that's perfect. Did, have, did you hear the the new version, the um, Aki Breaky Two? I have he's, not yet. He's done this remix for like this unknown black rapper. Yeah. Like I've a, heard about a, that. Rapper, and it's got all. He's on a spaceship with these naked girls twerking. It sounds. <laughs> what? Yes, I watched the video. <laughs> that actually sounds awesome. 
But yeah, so I'm doing that. And then I'm off to the UK uh, in May to do a tour, like doing London and then Brighton Fringe and a little lap of like Scotland and Manchester and stuff. And mate, probably Belgium, actually. Uh, awesome. And then Edinburgh again. But um, yeah, it's kind of busy. Oh, and I've just put out a new video clip called Vice. So look up Thomas Ford vice on youtube and uh is that where you just pour a whole pile of crap into a, a glass and drink it yeah pretty much yeah. that's that's the general narrative of the clip uh yeah. yep yep um were you actually drinking yeah that stuff that was poured in or was that kind of yeah prop? i had to yeah oh, okay right. yeah it's various food stuffs and stuff it's based off a game that i used to play with my friends called shot of death where um it's not really a drinking game except in as much as you have to drink things but um yeah, like you just go around your kitchen and uh, you can use anything that's edible and not pet food. So, um, not pet food. Not pet, like it's got to be like, you know, stuff that you can actually digest, right? Right, right. And okay. then um, you make a shot out of all of those foods or beverages or, you know, whatever. You need a certain beverage base to make mm-hmm. it work because it is a shot. Uh, and, then, and then you take turns to do your shots. And whoever vomits the least is the winner of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's yeah, try. That sounds like <laughs> something fun to do while recording, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you are, like, you know, uh, in your early 20s and, uh, and you know, like, vomiting for you is, is something that is just, like, a natural part of your evening, um, I thoroughly pressure. suggest that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, they managed to, like... Um, superimpose you in, in the shot like did they split the um find a way to split the the two sides or uh well we had a body double so owen from um from a band called Mulder was my body double um and then we yeah kind of just edit like did a lot of shots where we shot the shot twice and then just kind of did a simple edit to delete half the shot and put the other half right yeah. it's actually quite like like as an effects kind of concept it was quite simple mm. like um and that was kind of the idea like i, I was originally going to shoot it myself so i i dumbed it down to the point that it would would suit my quite specific video skills mm-hmm. uh which is um my my skills if you've seen my video visuals at my show i do all my visuals but um i break video um, I Milk just, crates. yeah I, well, I just i kind of I, I i mess around with stuff and it's not really you know traditional video style it's more like video art um but like yeah so i got but i ended up with a director who was amazing um who did a great job jerry leferla and uh yeah it's turned out really slick and awesome so watch it go go fucking watch it stop listening <laughs> to this podcast go watch it press pause you can pause it's not radio just pause pause exactly pause pause pause, pause. watch the video pause watch the video what oh you're still here hi hi pause okay <laughs> Thomas ah. Ford, ladies and gentlemen. Thomas Ford. <laughs> the man himself. <laughs> the man himself. I think that's a great note to end on. Good luck with all your stuff, man. Ah, thanks. Yeah. Thank you for having me on your lovely program. Thanks um, for coming down all the way from Cock, Cockburn. Yeah, Cockburn. Next time you have to come on an elephant. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll attempt to. <laughs> um, my sat-nav doesn't work when I plug it into an elephant's house. <laughs> you can park it in the, the driveway. Oh, cool. <laughs> Pretty sure it'll fit. The streets are quite narrow around here. <laughs> And if you're near a venue where Thomas Ford is playing, pay money and, and, and have a look. It's quite interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a party. Yeah, definitely a party. And hopefully uh, you won't have to take your clothes off. <laughs> oh, there's no You can need. if you want. You yeah, can don't. if you want. You <laughs> can be the only guy in the crowd. 
please, naked. Please don't, um, unless you're doing a private booking, in which case we can talk. Uh, but my rates are quite high, and touching is extra. <laughs> <laughs> touching the man himself. Thank you so much, Thomas Ford. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back with another episode. Bye. You're listening to Mission Control.